Construction consternation. It is an annual ritual in this city. We complain about the roads that we need fixed, and then once they start fixing them, we complain about that. But we also complain about spots that are not being tended to, or when they start something and then take forever to finish it. Just sits there for weeks, months, nothing's happening. When are you going to finish it? So we talked a lot about that. We also teed up the bomber game with Derek Taylor. We talked about an exciting new initiative between the Winnipeg Jets and 680 CJOB. And I did something really dumb on Wednesday as it pertains to my ability to maintain my schedule. So we had a lot of fun talking about your scheduling snafus. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's back next week. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, August 10th podcast for the start. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Jeff Forte back in master control. And I want to begin with a quick declaration. I am an idiot. I did something stupid yesterday. And at 6.45, I shall explain what I did. And it comes with an apology. (laughs) To our friends at Harvest Manitoba. And we'll oh say no boy, more this until sounds, 6.45. Sounds not good. It ended up being good. But it started real bad. I did not have the day I was expecting to have yesterday. Uh, but today, we are, and Greg's wearing a, a classic Bud Grant era, Blue Bombers hat, Blue Bomber game day in Edmonton, where the, the Bombers are hoping to avoid a... Dubious distinction, I suppose. <laughs> oh, well said. Uh, hopefully that's not the mindset. You know, we often discuss in sport the idea of playing to win versus playing not to lose. Yep. I don't anticipate the Bombers are playing not to lose to the only team without a win so far in the CFL season and a team that hasn't won a home game in over two seasons, 21 straight losses for Edmonton. At Carl- hey, Zach Caleros is wearing the exact same hat as I'm wearing this morning. He's just looking at Global News Morning. And <laughs> Zach Caleros just popped up on yeah. the screen. Sorry, I'm easily distracted. I'm a goldfish. I get distracted easily. I have a short memory. But I can continue this thought. I think the Blue Bombers are going to approach this game uh, tonight like they would just about any other game. The only concern I have is coming off that really big win against BC last week. You know, they really made a statement and I don't think it's likely that this team does what some other teams are apt to do. And that's to have a letdown after a big win like that. Uh, Mike O'Shea and the coaching staff will have the players and these veteran players that have, have seen just about everything you can see. So I'm not overly concerned from a, uh, from a logistical standpoint, point, Brett, but, you know, I, I am a little bit superstitious and I worry about these things. And so just there's a little shadow of doubt <laughs> hanging around that says, oh, boy, um, might have to watch this entire game tonight. Doesn't start till eight o'clock. So that's going to be a challenge. That's normally my bedtime. Oh, yes. OK, so I'm going to have to adjust my sleep patterns today, as may uh, many of our listeners joining us at this hour. Derek Taylor, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, will jo- join us at 935 and at 835. Are we, how much of this are we allowed to say? Do we have to wait until 835? We can say whatever we, can we want, Brett McGarry, until somebody slaps us on the wrist or we could just, you know, tease it a tiny little bit. Something exciting from the Winnipeg Jets. Christina Litz was in studio with us last week, and if you were with us then, she teased the idea that there was a partnership between 680 CJOB and the Jets and tickets and weekends. We're going to tell you all about that. We're launching it today. It's a lot of fun. Five sweet games. Uh, They're all afternoon games on the weekend, and uh, special seats, special events planned for 680 CJOB and Winnipeg Jets fans. All right, so details on that at 835. And at 635, we're going to talk about consternation over too much construction or a lack of construction. Yes? Rite of passage, right? To complain about the roadways in Winnipeg and to, and to complain about the fact that 
Nobody fixes anything around here. And then when they start fixing stuff, what's taking them so long? Why did I got to fix that road? That's in my route to work. So it is a double-edged sword. Road construction, right? We want it. The roads need to be fixed. Yeah. But we don't like to put up with what we need to put up with in order to get there. It's sort of like when you renovate your house and you live in your house during a renovation. It is the worst thing in the world until it's done. And then when it's done, it's like, oh, that was worth it. You want to do it again? You want to? No, I never want to do that again. (laughs) But it was worth it. Yeah. It's kind of like I, I, you could even liken it a little bit to traveling. The act of traveling kind of sucks. You're like, getting from here to there? Yeah. And then from there to here? Yeah. But everything in between is pretty awesome. Indeed. All right. I like the way you put that. And, and the, the thing that about the construction slash lack of construction that drives me nuts is when something gets started and then they don't finish it. Oh. Just like little things. You, you, we, and we've talked recently about, uh, you know, making sure that, the, you know, the things that the steps that are taken to, to beautify our neighborhoods. Well, when they start these little construction projects and then leave them. Like I think just there's just one example, and I'm sure uh, you listening right now have can think of a dozen examples like this that are scattered through the city. But at the corner of Roslyn and Evergreen, which is my neck of the woods, they started doing work on the one of the sidewalk corners like two months ago. And there are still some like barricades kind of just sitting there and they, they the work is unfinished. And I don't know what the problem is. Like, why Why would you, like, they start it and then leave it? Irritating. Someone on social media over the weekend, I saw this, I want to say it was on Twitter, did a time lapse. And they, I guess the sidewalk in front of their house or down the, the street from them was getting repaired. Just one chunk of sidewalk. And he went through all the different dates. And he had pictures, you know, June 2nd, June 9th, and nothing's happened, but the barricades are there. And then six weeks later, they're not quite done. The concrete's been replaced, but the barricades remain. Yeah. Right? If you were doing this as a backyard project, as your own project, you'd get this done, hammered out in, in three days maximum. It's been like a six, seven-week process, and it's still not done. So, uh Send us a text message. Are there uh, some of those little projects that seem to be taking forever in your neighborhood and you can't figure out why? 204-780-6868. You get just to complain to us. We we can't fix it for you. We have no answers. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Coming up after Global News at 7 o'clock. We just kind of threw out a very quick construction observation, and we'll delve more into that at 7.05. Your observations about projects, little whether whether big or small, could just be like a quick sidewalk repair that started two months ago. You figure, oh, this, show, this won't take long. No, the barricades stay for a month, two months, three months. Got lots of examples. Yes, keep those text messages coming, please, and thank you. We'll review, we'll share them in about a half hour's time, 204-780-6868. And coming up in our next segment, I will tell you why I'm an idiot. Just one reason? Yeah, I mean, you you might be thinking, well, we already know that, Brett. Come on, this is nothing new. Well, yesterday I I took it to a new level of stupidity, and it comes with an apology oh, to Harvest happens Manitoba. Happens to everybody, man. <laughs> Still, I'm not proud of myself. I am ashamed. In the meantime, like surviving a November snowstorm, complaining about Winnipeg's roads is an inevitable part of life in Winnipeg. And depending on the circumstances, Brett, you, you might find yourself frustrated with the lack of attention to the street that you live on and angry with the sheer volume of road construction and lane closures on your commute or your way around the city for other daily tasks. We have two stories, one on each side of that infrastructure coin. So let's begin on one of Winnipeg's tree-lined streets. And you heard some of this in Sarah's newscast, but we just want to give you a bit more detail on this and flesh this out a little bit more. Here's Global's Tegan Rasha. In one of Winnipeg's older areas, green trees line the quiet neighbourhood. Both Donna Smith and Jackie Hanna are long-term residents of Elm Park, and they love it, except for one problem. I've, I've ended up popping two tires, one on this street, and 
one close by. So it's frustrating. Potholes line their street and neighboring roads. The women say they first reached out to the city in June. We put on our social media, please reach out by uh, calling 311. So they got flooded with phone calls or emails about getting it done. Oftentimes it was already reported, but sometimes they weren't. Smith and Hannah were frustrated that even after repeated calls, the potholes remain. So they decided to get creative. When you put two things together that create a, a shock, it, sometimes it gets action, and I guess it worked. <laughs> Smith put her gardening skills to work and started filling the potholes with flowers. Everybody in the neighborhood loved it. Then just a few days later, on Wednesday morning, the women woke up to a surprise. City workers filling the potholes. Well, I was surprised at how quickly it happened. City Councillor for the area, Brian Mays, says that there was a backlog of complaints about this street. Certainly the last couple of years have been worse for potholes, but we are putting more into roads and, and of that $160 million, probably some more should be allocated to pothole repair. The city says between January 1st and June 7th of this year, 77,000 potholes have been filled. And every weekday, crews and a road patcher machine are out working. As for Smith and Hannah, they're both looking forward to driving on a smooth street. They're very grateful for the repairs and hope it leads to a permanent fix. Tegan Rasha, Global News. Meanwhile, there are dozens upon dozens of major road projects around the city, uh, which can't end soon enough, quite frankly. Construction season stretches on in Winnipeg, and some drivers and businesses are growing tired of delays. A portion of North Pembina has been down to one lane for a large chunk of the summer. And while it now operates with two lanes open, depending on the time of day, it's still a slow go. Starbuds Cannabis Company is along that road in the 1500 block of Pembina. The store manager says while they noticed a drop in business, they are just grateful for their regular customers. When it's one lane, that's a nightmare. It's a nightmare leaving. It's a nightmare trying to get here. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're at two lanes now, so that's helpful, but it took a little bit to get there. The city's public works department says there are about 200 construction projects still on the go right now. Committee chair Janice Lukes calls construction a double-edged sword, stressing the record amount of funding going into construction this year is necessary and addressing major issues. Everyone's fed up with construction, drivers, uh, transit users, cyclists, pedestrians and businesses. It's really challenging, right? We have a very, very short window to get all our construction completed in. The alternative is not and having a lot of falling apart old roads. Ah, uh, yes, Brett. The mixed blessings of rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure. Indeed, the work needs to be done and it's great to see it being done. It's just frustrating trying to get through it. And uh, anytime you, you think, okay, I've... I'm going to sneak around this. I'm going to find another way. <laughs> no. So you thought. It never works. It never works. And uh, just on the, the subject of the potholes, and good for them, the, for the city, for finally taking action and filling those potholes after the, the residents had enough and decided to fill them with flowers. But it, it's it's awful how sometimes streets end up crumbling to that point. Like, I, I can't remember which block this was. But this is on Nassau Street South in sort of the Fort Rouge. It's, uh, it's west of Osborne between, um, uh, I think it was between Brandon Avenue and Carla Avenue or uh, somewhere along that stretch, somewhere okay. between Brandon and Morley. Well, there was one stretch of Nassau Street South that was almost impassable. The potholes were so bad. I, 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 made, I turned down that street and had to hammer the brakes even at, I hadn't even gotten up to 20 kilometers an hour and I essentially had to just roll over these potholes at like five kilometers an hour because that had been going any faster. I'd have popped a tire, maybe broken a strut or something. I don't know. Horrible. And then, so I guess somebody finally called it in or complained enough because the next time I drove by it, it had been fixed. But it looked like it had been in that state for potentially years. I was on uh, Lajmodier northbound. Would have been about five, six, maybe seven weeks ago on my way home from uh, visiting a friend of mine. And bang! Hit a pothole on the overpass just south of Regent going over the, the railway tracks. Yeah. 
and uh, I thought it was okay. But three days later, my wheel popped. I was sitting in a parking lot. Mm. And of course, the next time I go up or down Lash, I can, oh, there's a barricade there. Surprise, surprise. Somebody else had gone through what I'd gone through. I just thought maybe I was a little too close to the curb and it was on me. No, it was nasty. And sometimes the way the city fix it is they just drop a little pylon in there. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off this week. One of the things that I would say one of the perks of our job is we get to do all, all kinds of fun things out in the community. And one of those things is we get to attend charity golf tournaments. Like, for example, Greg, you were at one yesterday. Yeah, I was at the Manitoba Heavy Construction Association golf tournament yesterday. Had a grand time out in Cory Oaks near Steinbach. It was a a wonderful day of golf and uh, getting to see people that I don't see very often, meeting new people. So that's been in my calendar for weeks now, and I've been looking forward to it for for actually <laughs> since I was invited. But, uh, Brett, I thought you were just going to be uh, sitting on the couch and chillaxing yesterday. Yeah, yesterday I went to see my dad after work because I had a haircut appointment at 1 o'clock, so I'm sitting in the barbershop, Tony's Barbershop on Regent, about 12.55, waiting for uh, you know my, t- my turn, and I check my work email, and I see a note that came in at 12.29 from Joanne at Harvest Manitoba saying, Brett, are you joining us for golf today? And then it hit me that about six weeks ago, one of our sales guys, Jason, said, hey, can you golf in this event, the Lee Newton Memorial Tournament for Harvest Manitoba? And I said, yeah, for sure. Well, I plugged it into the wrong date. I put it into next Wednesday on my digital calendar. So it was in my phone, wrong but day. not for August 9th. It was there for August 16th. Mm. So I immediately panicked. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I'm like, well, I got to get my hair cut because I'm here. And so then, you were in Transcona yeah. when you learned of this. And where are your golf Clubs and your golf shoes at this point? Osborne Village. Okay. And the tournament is in St. Boniface. So I had to go through St. Boniface to to get back to St. Boniface Golf. Anyway, I'm an idiot. Harvest Manitoba. (laughs) I apologize for being tardy. I made it for the back 10, so to speak. I missed the first eight holes of the tournament, but had a great time with Vince Barletta from Harvest Manitoba and his buddies Tom and Jay. So let's talk scheduling snafus. What is your scheduling snafu? Whether it's a personal thing, a work thing, maybe you missed a shift at work or showed up at the wrong time at work or something else, 204-780-6868. Cameron Portress, why don't we start with you, sir? Uh, job interview. This was the absolute worst one that uh, uh, was the most... <laughs> caused me the most panic was it was a real important job interview. Um, and I was waiting around and waiting around for it. Um, and I put it in the wrong day. I was a day off and I get a call from, uh, the, 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 <laughs> I get a call from, from the, the person I was applying with. Yeah. Weren't you supposed to be here at, at this time? And all of a sudden my heart completely sank. I have to say, I have to thank this person. Um, they were so gracious and never, never, I ended up, didn't get the job, surprise, surprise. But it ended up, um, but they never made me feel like I was foolish or I'd made this big mistake or they, they still, we still went through the entire uh, rest of the of the hiring process and I was still treated with with tons of respect and like I still had a, as, as much as an opportunity for anyone else to get the job. Uh, but man, that that was one of my my biggest, biggest errors. Um, and yeah, I mean, but thank, thank, like, honestly, the, the, the manager that, that, uh, that, that allowed me to still continue on. I, I appreciate the panic that one feels when you get that phone call. Yeah. Aren't you <laughs> supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of important, you know, Sarah, what about you? Yeah. Mine was a couple of years ago when I was still working a previous radio job, um, in my hometown and I was filling in on mornings at the time, just vacations and whatnot. And uh, some crazy stuff can happen when you work that early and you aren't used to it or whatnot. Um, I was more so worried about not waking up in time. But I show up one day at 4 o'clock and uh, the usual morning guy is there. And I'm like... What are you doing? What What are you doing here? I thought you were on vacation, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm back today," and I'm like, "What?" And I must have just kept my alarm on, or 
I don't know what happened, but uh, just mixed up the date that he was back, and I said, okay, see you in like five hours then. Oh, because <laughs> so, you probably had yeah. to work later that yes, day. Yes, because oh. it was the afternoon, so I was like, well. Mm, I feel like rest my eyes. Twice. <laughs> did you yeah. did you at least get a sneak in a nap? Uh, sneak in. Yeah, I stopped for a coffee on the way home and then just kind of laid there. Sometimes <laughs> I wish that happens to me. It's <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> all right. See you later. Yeah. See you later. I'm going to sleep. Forty. Uh, what about you? Yep, mine's uh, kind of similar to that story and uh because one of my biggest fears working this this shift is that i'm gonna sleep in or mm-hmm. forget to set an alarm well it kind of happened to me it must have been like three or four years ago before we were working at uh, polo park and i woke up and my alarm said or my not my phone said that it was 5 50 and i just jump up i grab my bag i grab my keys i'm running to the car i get into the car i start driving i'm panicking i'm panicking I turn on the radio. Just I was like, "Oh no! Like, what? What's going to happen? Like, is, some, is somebody going to be behind the board?" And it was Richard and Julie on, and I was like, "Why are they on?" <laughs> well, it's six p.m. It wasn't six a.m. It was six p.m. Oh. I fell fell for a nap in the afternoon. Woke up thinking that it was in the morning, and uh, just that absolute panic that was all over me. It was crazy. The Gabby's done that. She's actually come in. Yep. In the dark in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. If you come in in the evening, wondering what what's going on here, people? Why are you all here? <laughs> so, Greg, we'll get to yours at 7.15. We need you to tell us a story about a scheduling snafu for a chance to either win tickets for the Lord of the Dance coming to the Burt in November or the Burt Block Party on Sunday, August 20th. Cheap Trick and Trooper playing that day. We'll pick a winner at 9.15, but tell us your scheduling snafu for a chance to win. The winner will choose. The runner-up will take the other prize. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Coming up after Global News at 7.30, Greg, it's just a sort of a happy coincidence for our small town salute. We're going to head back to Wasagaming after I extolled its virtues as having made my maiden voyage to the Clear Lake region just a couple of weeks ago. Yes, and so we're going to visit with a hotelier that has um, updated a, a wonderful piece of Wasagaming's history and by all accounts, has done an extraordinary job uh, to, and another excuse, yet another excuse to make your way to Clear Lake, to Riding Mountain National Park, and to Wasagaming itself. And a bit later on this morning at 9.05, we want to tell you about an important initiative that is happening today. It's DQ's Miracle Treat Days, 21 years of the annual Miracle Treat Days at Dairy Queen in support of Children's Miracle Network and the Children's Hospital Foundation here in Manitoba. 100% of net proceeds from every blizzard treat sold across the province will be donated to the HSC Winnipeg Children's Hospital. All money raised in Manitoba stays in Manitoba. We'll get details from Nick from DQ. That's how we have them labeled in our text line. <laughs> Nick from DQ. Yeah, some, some of you have some very interesting tags. Yeah. We don't just necessarily have your first name. We, we I think Loren might be responsible for some of these because she has admitted to us uh, that some people are in her phone uh, neighbor with a blue car. Uh, parent with uh, <laughs> twins. <laughs> she doesn't necessarily know their names, but she has these different reference points. <laughs> so some of you have your nicknames and, and uh, some things that we've assigned to you, and it's all very, very fun. So right now we wanted, we heard at 635 about construction consternation over the, the sheer volume, the amount of construction that's happening. But also, the, some, in some cases, the lack of repairs and construction. We heard from a neighborhood uh, in Elm Park, some residents in Elm Park who were really frustrated with the lack of repairs in their potholes. And I just sort of mentioned the, the unfinished projects that we see in Winnipeg where like they, if they start a sidewalk repair and two months, it just sits there. Barricades, but no work. 
like what's going on. So we got lots of reaction from that, including Adam, who is celebrating today, sort of. It's a glorious day in Winnipeg. Road crews actually finished a project. Work at the intersection of Keniston and Academy. Barricades have been removed. All lanes are open. There is a caveat, of course. That, that being said, <laughs> the work on the St. James overpass is still going on. Barricades are still there, missing one lane in each direction on the bridge. So good news, bad news from Adam. Yeah, that St. James overpass stuff, I guess, is going to be for a while. Brian says, good morning, guys. Court Avenue, that runs from McPhillips to Pipeline Road alongside the Seven Oaks Hospital. And Walmart is finally getting rebuilt. The residents have been waiting for years to see that get done. Finally, the, it was, is Brian trying to channel the rock here? Finally, the work has come back to Winnipeg. That road was atrocious. All chewed up. Should have been done several years ago. Mm, Court mm-hmm. Avenue. I've not been on that road, but I have been on the road. Don says is brutal. Uh, twice this summer, in fact. And Don says, take a drive down Sherwin drive that's up in uh, uh, near uh, Red River Community College. It makes the surface of the moon look like fresh pavement. And that Sherwin Drive and Sherwin Road are two different things. Is that the street? Remember when when uh, the three of us, Loren, you and me, we went for a ride mm. for a pothole tour? Saskatchewan Avenue, I think, was the one that but, was absolutely just like the surface of the moon. But I do remember there was a side because there was there was a street that went um that went north south. Then that would have been Sherwin, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So really, really brutal. Good to hear it's still awful. And then uh, here's another one, Greg, on Sprague Street. Yeah, redoing sidewalks. I received a letter in May. Construction will begin June and take up to eight weeks, says our listener. Construction began June 5th. We're in week 10. Nowhere near complete, including cleanup. Residents on the street have been requesting a new street and back lane for over 20 years. The question for Janice Lukes is not why does it take so long while construction is on, but why... 20 years, and I'm sure there are other situations just like it around the city. There's something terribly wrong at City Hall in their procurement of companies used. Yeah, yeah. And just to, to be clear, because I think there was one response uh, sort of along those lines. This is not uh, uh, complaining about the the work that's being done. It's wondering why we, why or do things start and then... And then they don't get finished. We know the workers are just going where they're told to go. Uh, Marks is the most important highway. Well, highway one coming into Winnipeg at Deacon's Corner, tied up all summer. I drive in at least twice a week, and for the longest time, workers are just not there, and I don't understand that at all. Wish we could hold hold these people responsible. I was through there twice. Uh, there was work uh, being done my first time through on my way out. Steinbeck didn't notice uh, closer to 630. I wouldn't have been surprised to not see anybody there. Uh, some good news on the text line, though, Brett. Two of our listeners have said, hi, guys, it's Dave Sherwin Road has been completely repaved. Oh, yeah? It's beautiful. I've worked down that road for 30 years, and I love it. Great job by the city of Winnipeg. Well, hallelujah on that. Okay, that's good to know, because that is a road that I have been on exactly one time, and it was specifically while we went hunting for potholes. So feel free to continue to weigh in at 204-780-6868. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week for a chance to win either tickets for the Burt Block Party on Sunday, August 20th, or Lord of the Dance, 25 years of standing ovations at the Burt on November 1st. We need you to tell us about a scheduling snafu like mine, where yesterday, sitting at my barbershop, waiting to get my hair cut, check my work email to find out I was supposed to be at St. Boniface Golf Club playing in the Harvest Manitoba tournament with, like, the boss, 
Vince Barletta from Harvest Manitoba. So, um, oops, I did and eventually make it there. Greg, what's your scheduling snafu? Well, yesterday I was golfing at Corey Oaks, also with a Vince, Vince Croker, and uh, my new friend Peter, and uh, Blue Bomber legend Willard Reeves. And as we were heading around the course, I'm thinking, when was the last time I played at Corey Oaks? I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't remember going out with a couple buddies and my brother. And then what about the first time? Was a, I think it was the year it was opened. It was a Sunday. Went out, had a glorious day with uh, my boss and several friends. I think we had eight of us all together, two foursomes, and had a great time. Went home, sitting on the couch, beautiful Sunday evening, settling down to do who knows what for how long. Phone rings, and it's my supervisor telling me that I was supposed to be at work 15 minutes uh, prior to her phone call. <laughs> She says, I've never, ever had to phone you before. Where are you? I said, I just got home from golf. Why? You're supposed to be on the floor right now. Uh, you got to be kidding me. Well, I'm not kidding you. You're supposed to be working. I said, well, I was golfing with Garth today, like the boss of bosses at Earl's. And I said, do you really think I, like, I said, I- I'm sorry. I, I My clothes aren't even clean. <laughs> like she says, don't worry about it. We can get through the night without you. But yeah, so I'm golfing with one boss and then miss a shift. I was very embarrassed. Were you, in fact, on the schedule? Did you ever verify it afterward? You know what? I don't remember if I did or not. I just took Michelle's word for it. Yeah. I don't think she would fib to me. Yeah. Although I have messed around with people that I liked a lot when it comes to the schedule. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I told my buddy, he called, what's my schedule for next week? I said, oh, Mike, you got to work, uh, you're off New Year's Eve. That's a good news. The uh, bad news is you got to work New Year's Day at 12. He goes, oh, that's not too bad. And I went in around 1.30. I said, hey, Mike, thanks for working my shift for me today. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty uh, dog. <laughs> sometimes it has to be done when you have the power, Brett. You have to take advantage. <laughs> Tell us about your scheduling snafus for a chance to win those tickets, either for the Burt Block Party or for the Lord of the Dance. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. It is Mackling McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Coming up after Global News at 9, we are going to learn more about Miracle Treat Day and how you can help the Children's Hospital Foundation here in Manitoba. We have a special announcement from the Winnipeg Jets in a moment, but before that, a reminder, we have tickets to give away for either the Burt Block Party or the Lord of the Dance, and we're asking you to tell us about your scheduling snafus inspired by my stupidity yesterday where I was supposed to be at the Harvest Manitoba Golf Tournament at St. Boniface, but I had it punched in the wrong date in my calendar. I had it in for next Wednesday, not yesterday. So, oops, I did eventually make it. Rick says, I went to sleep early one Sunday night. Wasn't feeling well. Woke up, realized I was going to be late for my 8 a.m. Monday morning doctor's appointment. I drove like crazy. Got to the doctor's office, and the door was locked. It was 8 p.m., Still Sunday, as I had driven to the office, I had wondered about a few things, but the penny never dropped. People in the park, lots of people at the ice cream shop, (laughs) looking into the sun while driving east, and an empty parking lot. I always say that early is better than late, but 12 hours? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Forche, you you can relate to that, eh, Jeff? See, you weren't the only one that's done this. Alarm goes off, and you think it's a certain time of the day, and you're 12 hours off. Freaks you out, man. It gets you. (laughs) It'll get you. So we want to get you one of those prizes. Tell us a story for a chance to win. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. We teased our upcoming announcement last week. Can we tease you with this today? Adam Lowry with his fourth goal of the postseason, and we are tied. How about that? 22 seconds left in the period, and Adam Lowry ties it. And this place is going crazy. Oh, yes. Canada Life Center, Paul Edmonds, Adam Lowry stirring up the crowd. Yes, that was a playoff goal. Regular season is only weeks away. Christina Litz, Chief Brand and Commercial Officer with the Winnipeg Jets, joins us now to help officially launch the CJOB Family Fun Zone. Christina, good morning. Good morning, guys. 
So you teased it last week. Not even Brett and I knew what you were talking about. We were puzzled. We were wondering <laughs> what on earth is Christina talking about? But now we can come public with this very exciting offer, this exciting opportunity for families to enjoy Jets hockey at a reasonable price and uh, five outstanding games at ideally perfect times for, for a lot of families in our community. Well, you got it. And gosh, that call by Paul is, is so exciting. And you're right, we're, we're weeks away from our home opener here. And so today we're celebrating by launching the CGOB Family Fun Zone Pack. And, you know, this came out of the actually inspiration talking to you, Greg, about your busy schedule and trying to do things with your family and, and finding those right times. And also you don't like those late night games uh, so, so with that and, and talking to, uh, to all the great folks at CGOB, we've put together a fabulous five-game pack uh, and, and some fun extras. It's all weekend afternoon games uh, over the season. We've got a few. But the exciting thing about this Family Fun Zone pack is we've got a lot of extras. So people who buy this package, uh, they're going to get exclusive access to one of the lounges on the 300 level where we're going to do a ton of fun things. We're going to have a DJ set up there. Uh, CGOB hosts will be dropping by. Uh, Mickey and Benny will be there. We'll have poster making, snacks, trivia contests. Uh, there's so much planned for this. So, so not only are you getting tickets to some great games, which we can talk about in a second, uh, but there's so much more. And, and so you're kind of guaranteed to have, have a great day with your family and friends, whatever the age is. And, and we're just so excited to launch this with you. Well, you mentioned the games. Let's talk about them. Which, uh, what, what kind of hockey are we going to see in this family fun pack? Yeah, we've got, we've got a great uh, group of games here, including, of course, our home opener, which is on Saturday, October 14th, and it's against Florida. So that's going to be an exciting one. And, and, you know, there's always a special buzz around home opener and, and of course, some giveaways. So if you're coming to that game, you're going to get a little bit of extra there. Uh, but there's, there's a few other uh, games. We've got some division rivalries with Dallas on uh, November 11th on Saturday. And then, you know, a lot of buzz around Chicago. We've got that on uh, December 2nd, you know, a certain player that's, that's causing some buzz. So come out and see that. But what's also special about that game on Saturday, December 2nd, is that's also our Canadian Armed Forces game. And uh, really special, special afternoon uh, game, as, as you know, if you've been to one of those before. And there's always giveaways. So there's 5,000 mini sticks being given away at that one. And, of course, people who, who are part of this zone will, will get that guaranteed uh, mini stick if you come. Another division rivalry on December 30th at 1 p.m. against Minnesota. Uh, and then one of my favorite games, it is so special, is our Wasak uh, game that we do every year. And, and um, you know, it's just, it's, it's probably one of the biggest promotional games that we do of the, of the year. And that's on Sunday, February 25th. So jam-packed full of uh, uh, great, great matchups, great promo games. Uh, it, it really can't be beat. So these tickets... You know, you talk about locking in your seat. You talk about uh, a, a very decent price price per ticket, $68.68. Uh, the seats are fantastic. But so is the opportunity to pay for these tickets in installments, Christina. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, last time we spoke, we credited Kelly Moore with the with the trademark for the name. But he also came up with a great idea for the, the payment installments. Uh, which is eight payments times 6868. Uh, see what we did there? <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, we, don't, we know how difficult it is uh, for a lot of people right now, and, and this will spread out those payments, and uh, you're getting some great seats. We've got really uh, in the upper bowl, but right in the middle, uh, which, which have some great sight lines. And, of course, you'll be sitting close to everybody else in the family fun zone, uh, so you'll create that community, and uh, it's just going to be a, a great year. And we also understand that uh, there might be some, what did you send us here? There are going to be some giveaways, some some swag yeah. that you'll be giving away, some swag? Yeah, so I think, you know, we're still working on this, and would love some input from those who are part of the group and sign up from the group. 
but we want to do some contests. We want to put some games together. But of course, uh, it's not just for bragging rights. We got to give some stuff away. So, so you know, there'll be some good Jeff swag uh, for winners of some of the contests. So we're thinking about turn tournaments. You know, whether it's the air hockey or or those beanbag throws. Uh, and then uh, some of the hosts have mentioned that they want to do some trivia contests, some Jets trivia contests. So, uh, you know, again, lots of prizes. And, and we're going to set up a snack bar as well because uh, you don't want to you don't want to go hungry at a Jets game. So we're going to make sure we get you loaded up with a little bit of food and fun before the game. And, and then we'll uh, go cheer on our Jets. You mentioned the poster making area. Oh, yeah. And I was at the Sea Bears game on Friday night last. Yeah. And I actually took a picture of that. And I actually meant to send a pic- this picture to you, Christina, because I thought, yeah. oh, my goodness, what an incredible idea this is. Just uh, paint a picture for what this looks like uh, for kids and, and how it'll be set up. Yeah, no, it was a great uh, activation that the Sea Bears did. Uh, definitely inspired by them. But, but basically, we're going to set up some tables and we'll have that big poster pa- paper. Kids love bringing signs. Actually, a lot of people bring signs. So we'll have that all set up for uh, the group the, uh, as part of the, the Fun Zone pack uh, at that pregame experience. And, uh, and make sure that uh, whether you're, you're, you know, you're showing off that you're part of the CGOB uh, Fun Zone or, or if you have your favorite player, we'll get those painted. But you're right. It's a ton of fun. And uh, and it's going to be a big part of our pregame experience. So when can Jets fans or when can families start to get their hands on these uh, tickets? Yeah, we go live today at 10 a.m. on WinnipegJets.com. So head over to the website that, then and go to the Game Pack section. Uh, but yeah, we have a limited number of these these seats. So you're going to want to try to get get into this uh, early. But yeah, WinnipegJets.com forward slash Game, game Packs. All right, Christina, thank you very much for joining us. What a special and cool announcement to be a part of. We appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Christina Litz is Chief Brand and Commercial Officer, uh, joining us to officially launch the CJOB Family Fun Zone. Once again, five games, Saturday, October 14th at 3 p.m. versus Florida. Yep. And Saturday, December uh, 2nd versus Chicago, November the 11th on the Saturday against Dallas and Saturday, December 30th against Minnesota and Sunday, February 25th versus Arizona Coyotes. And we will have more information at CJOB.com. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. Just a heads up that our question of the day, which remains at cjob.com for the moment for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. Manitoba NDP leader Wob Canoe has pledged to balance the budget without raising the PST. Do you believe he can do it? 35% say yes. 65% say no. You can still cast your vote of that at cjob.com, but we are going to change it. Two, how do you feel about Winnipeg's annual road construction season? Three options. Love it. We need it. Hate it. What a pain. Or love hate. So you'll be able to cast your vote on that at cjob.com. You can also tell us about your scheduling snafu. Inspired by my stupidity yesterday, Harvest Manitoba Golf Tournament. I was supposed to be there, but I punched it into my calendar for August 16th. So I was not there until about two and a half hours in. But still ended up having a great day. What does Sharon have to say, Mr. Greg? A few years ago, we had tickets to the Elton John concert. We made an entire evening of it. We went to dinner at the Pony Corral. Then we went to the concert. When we tried to get into the concert, the tickets on our phone would not work. So we had to go to the other side of MTS Center's ticket booth to get paper tickets. I was getting up tight because the concert was about to start. and We were stuck in line. The clerk at the booth finally created tickets for us, and when we looked down at them, I noticed we were one day early. <laughs> tickets were for Elton John's concert the next night. So, so he must did, have played, did, played two nights at MTS Center. Okay, but then here's the thing as well. If they went to try to get scanned in and they didn't work. Right. And then they, the second person, so the first person didn't see it either. 
the, and I don't know how closely the, that person is looking at. They're just trying to scan as yeah, many people as, or as quickly as possible. Yep. Uh, but th- when they went and actually got the physical tickets, like the fact that this went through two people for them to finally realize, um, I don't know. Point is, they were they were 24 hours early. Yeah. Yeah, I was behind. <laughs> My brother and I... <laughs> This is crazy. We're at GM place in Vancouver. We're behind a couple of guys. We were going to see uh, Andre Agassi and Jim Courier in this tennis exhibition. Oh, cool. And it was fantastic. It was on a Friday night, Saturday night. It was the Coyotes were in town to play the Canucks. And these guys were ahead of us. And they all of a sudden were very upset because the usher told them uh, it's tennis tonight. Hockey's tomorrow night, boys. <laughs> <laughs> It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off this week. We're asking you about your scheduling snafu, inspired by the fact that yesterday I was supposed to be at a Harvest Manitoba golf tournament at St. Boniface, but I had it in my calendar for August 16th. So I was not at that tournament, which started at noon until just after 2.30. So what is your scheduling snafu? Uh, for example, one of our runners up here, Greg, is Norbert. What does Norbert say? Two and a half hours is one thing, Brett. How about three days? Uh-oh. Many years ago, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I were going to university, and it was exam time. Back in our day, the university posted exam times and locations on big boards around the campus, and you needed to look at the boards. One morning, I got a phone call from my girlfriend, and she was crying, and I really couldn't understand what she was saying. Evidently, she had read the ninth instead of the sixth and showed up for her French literature exam three days late. She spoke to her professor and was told she had two choices. Take the exam next term, but the books for the course were changing or withdraw from the course. As a result, she withdrew and had to take a summer course to make up for the lost credit hours. Yeesh. Oh, boy. That's rough. That is tough. Another runner up here. Listener says a few years ago, my brother and I decided to treat our elderly parents to tickets to a big show. They were thrilled and waited with excitement. This was a big event. The event is unnamed in this story, by the way. Earlier in the week, I reminded them that the show was Sunday and my mom noted it on her calendar. On Saturday evening, she called me in tears Because she had noticed that the tickets were for Saturday. She felt like she was to blame. I was just sick. Total loss of $200. My parents are that much older now. I still think about this regularly and feel terrible. And uh, that's, hey, I would feel, I'm not saying you should feel like, you should be ashamed of yourself, dear listener. But I would, when when you screw yourself that's one thing. But when you, you make a mistake that, that causes this kind of a situation for someone else, that's tough to yeah, shake that guilt. No doubt about it. So thank you for sharing that. That's got to be a tough thing to, uh, to revisit. I'd be curious to know what the show was. But uh, Greg Grant is our winner today. Yes. A little bit of money at stake here on January 2nd, 2023. I had a dentist appointment at 3 p.m. Stopped at the red light, Henderson and Springfield Road. I was the first vehicle at the intersection, and suddenly a guy decided to make a left onto Springfield and was T-boned by a truck in the curb lane. Well, he bounced into my MDX and thus caused $8,500 in damage. I still made it to the appointment, but the dentalist office was uh, closed. <laughs> My appointment was on the third. Ah. Ah. You know, it's one thing to be early and for that to pay off, but 24 hours early did not pay off for Grant in this case. Yikes. Man, that sucks, Grant. Thank you for sharing your story. And so Grant's going to pick which prize he gets, and then our runner-up is going to get the other prize. But Mr. Mackling, on the subject of rain, on the subject of storms, there'd better, 
I think there's a storm of brewing in Edmonton and some Elks about to be trampled because the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in Edmonton looking to avoid the unimaginable, the unthinkable, the unfathomable versus the Elks tonight at Commonwealth Stadium. We won't add unspeakable to the list of words to describe a loss to the only winless team in the Canadian Football League because, Brett, we're going to discuss the odds of such a thing right now. The voice of the Bombers, Derek Taylor, joins us from the City of Champions. DT, good morning. Good morning. I still choke on that. They still have that sign, Just, welcome to Edmonton City of Champions? Um, is it is it appropriate, though? Like, the, the Oilers last won in, what, 1990? Uh, the Elks won in 2015, but, you know, the 70s and 80s. Maybe, I, I'm assuming it was the, the late 70s, early 80s, where they kind of became the City of Champions yes. with all those Stanley Cups and all those great cups. What was it yeah, like? It's uh, been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it's like nine, nine, either like they won either the Great Cup or the Stanley Cup. I think it was nine of 10 years. It was absolutely ridiculous. And the Blue Bombers of the Jets were, were victimized along the way most of those years. Anyway, as you can tell, I live yeah. in the past somewhat, <laughs> uh, but we want to look to the future. And uh, I guess to a certain extent, I look back to the first half against Edmonton, July 20th, 6-6 at the half, and that makes me go, could home field make, an, make a difference here? But as that comes out of my mouth, I realize, oh, yeah, this is a team that hasn't won at home since, uh, I don't know, last decade, basically. Yeah, essentially. And I, I remember not making eye contact with you in that first game because that was, for folks who may not remember, that was off the back of the late collapse against Ottawa, they go to halftime. Sergio Castillo misses a field goal, and it's six-six with the winless Elks at halftime. And I was very nervous, anxious, scared, uneasy. I needed something to settle my stomach. Like it just, you know, this can't actually be happening, right? When when you enter a world, you know, ninety minutes before, and then the world changes dramatically in that short span of time. Like, oh my gosh, what's what's going on? Ultimately, it goes the Bombers' way, right? You know, it ends up being 14-12, and the Bombers uh, take that one away. Uh, they go into this game, though, I mean, I think feeling more comfortable having hung 50 on BC last week and with all the turmoil that, that Edmonton is going through. The odds are very, very long that the Elks could actually do some damage to the Bombers in this one. Now, the, one of the bigger plays of the game between these two teams back on July 20th was this gem from one of your Blue Bomber faves. They'll rush for Kolaris. Pressure for the middle. He's going to throw it. Wide open is Dembski at the 30. Nick Dembski, 70-yard touchdown. Wow, the Blue Bomber offense making it look super easy on that possession. So Dembski, Lawler, shown That's quite the combination of options for Zach Kolaris. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It, when you looked at it in advance of the season, when they essentially used Kenny Lawler to replace Greg Ellingson, you looked at it and went, this is the best receiving core in the CFL. Because you've got, in Lawler and Schoen, you've got essentially, you got virtually a guarantee of two first-team All-Stars. And then, oh, by the way, Nick Dembski's on an incredible pace this year, and he's this this weapon who, you heard it there, can hit you for 70-yard touchdowns. You know, multiple long touchdowns this year, but then he's also these these uh, more gadgety plays underneath. And you know, I don't know what teams are going to be able to do with this. And and last week against BC, BC had no idea what they were going to do with this. Let's try to play close to the line of scrimmage. Okay, the Bombers went 105 yards in two plays. We were stride for stride with Kenny Lawler. Ah, he still made the touchdown catch and then walked into the end zone. Well, we're going to hammer on Dalton Schoen. Eh, he still made the, the catch at the goal line and scored again, like 330-something receiving yards between just those two guys. It doesn't even count for Dembski, Bailey, Walatarski, Oliveira can put up 100 yards out of the backfield receiving as well. It's And then to have the quarterback that can take advantage of all that, and Zach Kalara is the best quarterback in the league, it's it's potentially just frightening the what they're going to be able to put together, and Dembski is a huge part of that. DT, you mentioned quarterback in that position, so key for any team. Edmonton making a change. What is that saying? The more things change, the more they stay the same. Edmonton has a new quarterback. He's been around for a little while, getting the start tonight. Trey Ford, what can we expect from him? And what are the chances that he turns the Elks' fortunes around tonight? 
Well, the chances he turns the Oaks fortune around, they're, they're at least a chance when, you know, just going back to the same thing in Taylor Cornelius, it wasn't going to do anything different. They're in seven games with Cornelius as starter and one with Jared Daigie. They've scored 105 points. So they're 13 points a game. Just try something else. And that's something else. Trey Ford was their first round draft pick or a first round draft pick for them last year. And he is as exciting an athlete as there is in the Canadian Football League. We got a little tiny taste of it in the preseason last year uh, as he was scooting around and water bugging around the Bombers defense in, in their preseason matchup last season. It's, it's at least they're trying something because they're, they're not going the other way. I mean, Ford can, can run and he can scramble and he can keep plays alive and he can, you know, to the consternation of defensive linemen, he can really make guys miss. We'll, it'll be curious to see tonight where the rest of it is at, the rest of the quarterbacking is at. Can he stay in the pocket and, and throw the ball down the field? Can he, you know, when the Bombers put seven on the line of scrimmage and they rush seven or they might rush four or maybe it's five and maybe it's this guy coming in off the edge, what's he going to be able to do with that? Will he be able to have something quickly, some sort of option to work with and, and to be able to utilize? How can he do against the team that's, that's out to get him? Will, will be the thing because one of the one of the things stories from a few weeks ago was well Trey Ford's not starting because we need him to be better in practice well now he's starting so we'll get it we'll get a chance to see how much of that was Chris Jones just saying things and how much of that is is what's actually been going on in Elks uh, practice now Commonwealth Stadium is big it's 56,000 seats but with the the brutal losing streak at home the Elks have like what does it look vacant when they play at home it it yeah it really does the their first game uh, this season they drew 32,000 and there was a lot of as you imagine there's a lot of free ticketing involved in that but it just it, when i was watching it it just gave it a, a different feel right when it's a small crowd in a big stadium it just it, you'll it's hard to to be excited about things right and that's that's the downside. They're always going to have this big stadium, but the, the key is we need to be able to get bigger crowds in here. And the way to do that would be to, to win some football games because being the laughing stock doesn't help you draw any crowds. So it's, it ends up being a cycle upon itself. And the only cycle, only way to break that cycle is, is to win some football games. So they went with, okay, uh, coaching change on offense, quarterback change. Uh, let's, let's get after it. Uh, unfortunately for them, you know, maybe the best team in the CFL is coming to to town to uh, stomp out their dreams and snuff out any flames they'd hope to uh, to light in this game. So, yeah, they they really need to because, yeah, they're they are to a certain extent handicapped by the stadium. But I know I think I talked to GMAC about this. Uh, they with the size of that stadium, they can put in super cool things like a Popeye's chicken stand in the stadium which makes me very excited. So it's it's not all bad having a giant stadium. Yeah, fair enough, uh, DT. And, of course, they call it the, well, the official name is Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. I don't know anyone that calls it that. With all these uh, name changes and these sponsorship deals, that might be the one that has failed the most. If you want to add the list of things for the Elks to be disparaged about. Yeah, it's. I I always am. You know, I'm not necessarily troubled by these deals because you make a bunch of money. Sure, sure. I understand why teams do it, but this one is. Yeah, but yeah, don't don't expect me to do that. I don't know. Like there are stadiums. Like I don't know if the Saddle Dome in Calgary has a different name, but it's always going to be the Saddle Dome, right? Uh, um, It's it was Canada Stadium back in the day, or Winnipeg Stadium, probably for you, G Mac, based on the you've been in Winnipeg longer than I have, right? uh, you know, every it'll always be Skydome to me. I, I think it's Rogers, here, here. whatever here, it, here. in Toronto. It'll always be Skydome to me. And you know what? They, they, the people, they're, they're paying certain people to uh, to say the name of the stadium. But we as fans call it whatever you like. That's that's where I'm at. So yeah, it'll always be Commonwealth Stadium to me because I hear Don Whitman's voice talking about Warren Moon and stuff right back in the day. Oh, yeah. So I hear Don, if, if I hear Don Whitman's voice saying it, I, I'm going to say it. I forgot you grew up uh, cheering for that team. Uh, we will not debate that right now. Very quickly <laughs> before we let you run, I know the uh, pregame coverage gets underway at six, eight o'clock. Low or uh, our time is kickoff seven o'clock in Edmonton. I'm looking at the weather forecast. We've got some rain in the forecast here. Last year, July 22nd, I want to say. 
the Bombers were in Edmonton, and the weather was not very good. It was a little bit of a neutralizer. The Bombers squeaked out a 24-10 win in Edmonton. Uh, no co- such concerns tonight with regard to the weather. There, there had been some thought there might be rain, but I was just looking at the forecast before we came on. There's like a 10% chance of showers that ends around 6 p.m. local time. So an hour before kickoff. So it looks like partly sunny skies for, for the game and moderate temperatures right in the low 20s. So it looks like should the wind hold off, looks like really good football weather tonight. Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, sir. Have fun tonight. Thanks so much. And once again, Mr. Greg, pregame show starts when? Six o'clock, just after eight o'clock kickoff. So I'm going to have to have multiple naps today in order to be able to watch and listen to that game tonight. Maybe right. I'll just go to sleep with Derek and Derek in my ear tonight. <laughs> do that? Uh, sure, why not? You do like to listen to podcasts yeah. and stuff when you go to bed. So you'll wake up and you'll already have the sounds of the game programmed in your brain. Yeah, we'll have those for you first thing tomorrow morning if you can't stay up. We promise. Kelly Moore joins us in a moment to tell you what's connecting Winnipeg right after we check your forecast on CJOB.